Welcome to the Sunday Morning Bible Study at Whitestone Christian Fellowship, taught by Pastor Bob Lorenz. We're located in the village of Victor, a little southeast of Rochester, New York. Pastor Bob teaches line by line and verse by verse from the Word of God. Now, let's join this week's Sunday Morning Bible Study, already in progress. If you are joining us on the internet, we welcome you to the 10 a.m. service of Whitestone Christian Fellowship. Uh, we've just spent some time worshiping, and it's now like about uh, 20 minutes to the 11th hour this morning. Uh, our reading this morning is from Isaiah 54. We'll read verse, uh, verses 11 to 14 together, and... <clears throat> And then we'll move on to finish chapter 3 of Ephesians. So beginning with chapter or verse 11 of Isaiah 54. God's word is speaking to the Israelites. O thou afflicted, tossed with a tempest, and not comforted, behold, I will lay thy stones in fair columns and lay thy foundations with sapphires. And I will make thy windows of agates and thy gates of carbuncles and all thy borders of pleasant stones. And all thy children shall be taught of the Lord and great shall be the peace of thy children. In righteousness shalt thou be established Thou shalt be far from oppression, for thou shalt not fear, and from terror it shall not come near thee. This, the passage is about the hope of Israel. And while it speaks of a temple being built, it's a temple in heaven, it's not a temple on earth. But to understand that God has a building that he is building for us. As he tells us in the Gospels, in my Father's house are many mansions. And the main mansion is described here. The temple of the living God. I was just going through the internet and a, 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 somebody's website popped up and said there is nothing greater than the machine that God made that he designed with his own hands and he caused his, his breath to give life to. And it was talking about our bodies and the wonders of the human bodies and all of the functions of all the different organs and faculties and everything else. Uh, we don't think of ourselves as a machine but it's kind of interesting when I was when I was a firefighter many years ago, uh, we learned about controlling bleeding. Well, that's a plumbing system. It's part of a massive plumbing system. There's multiple plumbing systems within our bodies, and the muscles and everything else are all designed with specific purposes and specific functions. And there is not a greater there is not a greater created being besides the human body. 
except for the body of Christ and all that he did and was able to do. The passage here that we're looking at in Ephesians today continues in that vein. All the functions, all the things of the body of Christ, and how without the body of Christ, none of us would see heaven. Without believing on Him, none of us will see heaven. As He tells us in the Gospels, if you believe in your heart that Jesus rose from the dead, and you profess it with your mouth, you will be saved. It's interesting, that's what one thief on the cross did. And without being baptized, without having time to be baptized on that day, Jesus said, today you will be with me in paradise. But before that happens, and Jesus didn't tell him this, before that happens, soldiers are going to come along and break your legs. They're going to come and make sure that you're dead before they take your lifeless body off the cross. There's nothing pleasant sometimes about the dying process. I don't think any of us are looking forward to it. But we pray for we pray for easy deaths we we don't like pain we don't like the suffering we hate the things that sometimes our sick bodies do to us or we hate when there's a traffic accident and there's great pain and blood all around But the Lord tells us that it is appointed once for men to die and after that the judgment. Now, our judgment, the judgment of every believer is paid for by the Lord Jesus Christ. He went through the pain for us on the cross. He went through the discomfort. And it was with Him that every drop of blood from His body was spilled specifically for us. And as we look at the second half of chapter 3 of Ephesians, I'm going to back up to verse 9 just to make sure that we have continuity from last week. And it says, And to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery from which the beginning of the world hath been hid in God, who created all things by Jesus Christ, to the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places, this is the angelic host he's speaking of, it might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God according to the eternal purpose which He purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord. 
His eternal purpose was hid from the Jews deliberately. God knew them. He knew they wouldn't get it. He knew they would reject the idea of the Holy Spirit because He knew their minds and how they worked. And even though David and Solomon both write of God's Son and God's Holy Spirit, they still would not get it. So all those things that God had planned in His eternal purpose are made known and manifested through the church. Somebody actually dug into the Scriptures and began to expound on them. In fact, that was Jesus as He taught in the Old Testament Scriptures. The New Testament wasn't written during the time of Christ. Jesus taught from the Old Testament. He taught from the law. And the frustrating part of it was that by the works of the law shall no flesh be saved. All the things that you do, the keeping of the law, the goodness, the kindness, the empathy, the compassion, reaching out, helping others, all the good works, don't cut it. Because those are all things that we, we do. And who are we? We're sinners. All have fallen short of the glory of God. And so God isn't going to respect the works of sinners. He will reward the works of the saved. And the only way He could save us because of the corruption of the world and the corruption of our flesh, the only thing He could do was to offer His only begotten Son, His only human-born Son, on the cross for our benefit. Now, there are other places in Scriptures where it refers to the angels as the sons of God, but Jesus was the only one that was created through the womb of a woman. The old Catholic prayer that speaks to Mary and prays to Mary is, Hail Mary, full of grace. She must have been filled with grace for God to choose her. And grace is something that we don't possess of our own. It is a gift to us like faith. So all of the time that the Jews were empowered, they were the way to God, even the Jews could not reach God. Not by their good works. In fact, they didn't want to be confronted with God. When Moses came down from the Mount, Mount Sinai, after receiving the Ten Commandments, he came down and his his features and his countenance was so bright that nobody could look him in the face. And they put a veil over his face so that he could speak in front of the people and they could hear him. Moses became the intermediary priest 
by which the Word of God came down to them. And so all the Jews, until the time of Jesus, had to have an intermediary priest. They could not approach God. According to the eternal purpose which He prepared in Christ Jesus our Lord. The eternal purpose was to make Himself available. To allow the, the people to approach. And that happened when the veil over the Holy of Holies was rent from top to bottom, allowing open access to the place where God dwelled on earth in the Holy of Holies in the temple. It says here in verse 12, because of Christ Jesus, the eternal purpose which was proposed in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of Him. In Ephesians chapter 1, it says that we have been accepted in the Beloved. Here in chapter 3, we have access, not just acceptation. We have been, we have been given we have been given access with confidence because the eternal purpose is made known now. The life of Jesus Christ opened the veil at His death. Now that's one of the things that the Jews would always do. They would have to go through a priest and the priest would have to humbly approach the Ark of the Covenant in the Holy of Holies. And if there was any sin in Him, everybody would know it. Because once a year when the priest went into the Holy of Holies, they put bells around the base of the hem of His garment. And as long as they heard the bells tinkling in the Holy of Holies, they knew that the priest was alive and they knew that things were going well inside, behind the curtain. But besides providing for the bells around the hem of his garment, they also tied a rope to one of his feet so that if the bells stopped tinkling, they could drag his dead body out from the Holy of Holies. <laughs> Can you imagine? So they could drag his body out because obviously God had struck him dead and counted him as unworthy. Now, Jesus says we've been accepted into the Beloved. And we have been given bold access to Him. God wants us to come to Him and speak to Him. He wants the little children to come up on His lap and, so that He can teach them and love them. So Paul continues to write with, to the Ephesians 
And he says, wherefore, in verse 13, I desire that you faint not at my tribulations for you, which is your glory. Paul went through great tribulations. Great tribulations. And even right now, this is one of the prison letters I need to remind you, He's, he's imprisoned in Rome and he's writing to them because of what he hears from the faithful Epaphras. And so he hears that, that the people are holding back. There's a level of fear in them, the fear of the Lord. But it's a fear of terror. It's not a fear of holy respect. And that's what the Lord wants is that fear and the holy respect that He deserves. He asks us to come humbly in the flesh, but boldly in the Spirit, because we have open and bold access to Him now. So He says, I desire that you faint not. Don't let my tribulations, don't let my trials, which are because of you, don't let my hardships cause you to faint from boldly accessing the Lord Jesus Christ. Pray. Approach. Share. Teach. And he says, my tribulations for you. This is, this is your glory. That someone is going through tribulation for us. Paul is saying the Lord is the Lord's suffering is glory unto me. And he's saying, let my suffering and tribulations be your glory. You'll just get a taste of what Jesus went through. But let it be for your glory. And he continues and he says, For this cause, that you faint not at my tribulations for you, for this cause. I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Here's the humility. Humility in thanksgiving and praise. Humility in interceding for the people of, of the church at Ephesus. So there's boldness and there's humility mixed. Because yes, there is that fear of the Lord that Paul has but it's a fear of holy respect. We bow down. We bow down. We all bow down. We will all bow down when we see Him in heaven. It says, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. The whole family in heaven and in earth is named. That's why we're called Christians. We're named after Christ, the Anointed One. Jesus isn't His first name and Christ His last name. Christ means the Anointed One in the Greek language. And He is the Anointed of the Father. Anointed to pay the penalty for all of us of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. That's a big family. How many Christians are on the face of the earth? 
How many are already in heaven? Having fellowship with our Lord. (laughs) Being where we want to be, where we desire that we will end up also. Of whom the whole family in heaven and in earth is named. It's interesting, even the family in heaven is named Christians because you can't get into heaven without being a follower and a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what the Scriptures tell us. Believe in your heart that He rose from the dead. Profess with your mouth. And you'll be saved. That He would grant you, according to the riches of His glory, to be strengthened with might by His Spirit in the inner man, in the spiritual man. Strengthened and built up. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14, I think. It says that the natural man cannot understand the things of the Spirit. They're foreign to him. The one that is not imbued with the Holy Spirit cannot understand because the things of the Scriptures, the things of God's Word, are spiritual. They're not fleshly. The Holy Spirit is the one who teaches us the things of Jesus' teachings. And as we know, one of the spiritual gifts One of the spiritual gifts is to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Filled with gifts of the Holy Spirit. Filled with the language of the Holy Spirit. Filled with the workings of the Holy Spirit. To teach, to prophesy, to heal. To converse for the edification of the church. And the whole body of Christ. This, is, this verse 16 is the beginning of Paul's prayer to finish out this chapter. That he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in the inner man that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith that ye being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend to grasp, to understand with all the saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height and to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Paul wants nothing but the best for these people. He wants them to go ahead and relinquish the old ways. Let those old things be done. The idols. The false gods like Diana of the Ephesians. You know, those are the the very things that Solomon studied, embraced, and found that they were all vanity. They were all empty. There was nothing fulfilling about them. Only God fulfilled. 
that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory. How much glory does he have? Therefore, how, much, how many riches does he have in his glory? He has enough to supply for all of our needs. As Paul talked about in Philippians, my God will, give, will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. What are our needs here on earth? Food, clothing, and shelter. We learned that in fourth grade social studies. Those are the needs of the society, the human society. God's got it all. And he wants to supply it to us. And he says, seek ye first the kingdom of God in Luke 11. And all these things will be added unto you. But we have to seek him first. Strengthen in the spirit, in the inner man. There's life within us. There's a fleshly life. And there's an inner man life, the spirit life. God wants that to grow. What Adam lost in the Garden of Eden, he, God wants to give us back through the blood of His Son and through the filling of this Holy Spirit. There's the three in one. The Father's riches, the Son, and the Spirit. All able to dwell within us together in unity and yet individually, even as it says in John 14. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith and you being rooted and grounded in love. Here's this wonderful word, agape. This is a really interesting verse because it says that Christ may dwell in your hearts. And this word, dwell, in the Greek, it's katatoiki. Katatoiki, I can't even pronounce it. K-A-T-O-I-K-E-W. And it means to settle in and be comfortable and to be at peace. Like when we go back to our own homes after a trying day. There's our favorite chair. There's our favorite people with us. We settle in and we're built up again to face another day. But the Christ may dwell. May He settle in. May He find comfortable surroundings with people who love Him in your hearts by faith. And you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend, to understand Now that's the first thing that he prays here. That they might comprehend. First, I'm sorry, first that Christ may dwell in our hearts. And that we might be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height. 
of God's love for us. Here's the third thing of the prayer. And you might be filled with all the fullness of God. The fullness of God encompasses all that the Father has, all that the Son has, and all that the Holy Spirit has for us. It's all of it. Are you there yet? Is that the desire of your heart? To be filled with all that God has for us? God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit? That should be our desire. But as long as we're in this flesh, we will fall short. We will fall short because the flesh has been so corrupted. In Ezekiel chapter 12, there's an interesting thing that happened to Ezekiel. While he's in the midst of ministering to the Jews and prophesying about the future, Ezekiel is told to dig down into the wall. He's brought to a wall. And he's told to dig down into it. And so he dug down into it. And he went inside to a chamber. It was the wall of the temple. And when he went into the chamber inside the wall, he found all of the corruption of the priests and the leaders of the temple. He found all these pornographic pictures, all these pornographic idols, he found this little stash of the most filthy things possible. And the ones that had access to that, to that room in the temple from inside were the priests. It is what their lives were like. Living holy on the outside. Demanding respect by their flowing garments as they walked through the streets. And yet inwardly, they were as corrupt as any of the pagans that surrounded their nation in their worship, in their actions, in their private behaviors when they thought they were alone and yet God was present. God gave Ezekiel a glimpse of the human heart of the priests and if the priests then also the people and he was revulsed at what he saw and so he suddenly had greater empathy and compassion for those that were lost and those that had gone astray. And yet the only way that those priests in the temple, the only way they could atone and come to God or even approach Him 
was going to be through the Son, Jesus Christ. They couldn't go through each other. That was the, that was the routine. The Jews had to go through a priest. The priests were the, medi- the intermediaries. They were the mediators of the relationship. And so what the priest told the people to do, that's what they had to do. Because they spoke on behalf of God. Because they were the learned ones who knew the Scriptures. But they were no better than the people that came to them. There was no access. Because God would not accept those corrupt priests. So many of the high priests had to be dragged out from the Holy of Holies by the rope that was tied around their ankle. The bells would stop jingling. We, on the other hand, we have been called a holy priesthood. Our sins have been paid for. Our ability to access God is open and freely given just because we believe in the Son. And we know that the Son is the creator of all things from the other epistles. We know that the Son, the Word of God, has been given all powers of judgment in the end. And so when we stand before the final judgment throne, God will look at us and say, I know what you've done. And Jesus will intervene. He will act as our lawyer. The Holy Spirit is our advocate. And say, but these are the things that I died on the cross for, Father. And the Father won't refuse the Son. And entrance into heaven will be ours. That final judge will literally give us a white stone. And we are so grateful that that's that's our future. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith and you being rooted and grounded in love, don't let the flesh dwell in your hearts. Don't let that be your goal. The physical pleasures, the earthly pleasures, the Egyptian pleasures, the New York pleasures. Let Christ dwell in your hearts richly by faith that you being rooted and grounded in love. And here's that agape, that wonderful godly kind of love that gives and supplies without asking for anything in return. That we would be rooted and grounded in love, the love of Christ. Which he says, we have the ability to share if we possess it. 
loving those that are unlovable and asking, asking nothing in return. That you may be able to comprehend, to grasp with all the saints how wide the love of God is, how long the love of God is, how deep and how high it is. He wants us to know. And we only know by faith and by experience. To know the love of God, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge. The word to know here is gnosko, which means to know by experience. Have you experienced the love of God in your life? If you're a believer, you have. If you're a believer, we have all experienced the love of God because we have, we have received His grace and the faith to believe in the Lordship of Jesus Christ. that he might be filled with the fullness of God. Now unto him that is able to do all these things that we just talked about, now unto him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us, the power of the Holy Spirit. More instruction during this prayer. Now, Paul's prayer doesn't miss a thing. He understands the human nature and he understands the feebleness of faith sometimes in those that are struggling in it. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us, unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. Wow. That Christ could dwell in our hearts. That we might be able to comprehend God's love and to know, to experience the love of Christ which passes understanding that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. That can't happen unless you are filled with the Holy Spirit. Have you asked for the Holy Spirit? When Paul was in Ephesus, he asked the believers there who were under the tutelage and the leadership of Apollos, Paul asked them, have you received the Holy Spirit yet? And they said, well, we haven't even heard of the Holy Spirit yet. They're believing in Christ. But Apollos hadn't experienced the Holy Spirit himself, apparently, because he wasn't sharing it with them. With them. You know, there are some churches that don't teach about the Holy Spirit. There are some churches that don't, don't teach anything but the Holy Spirit. 
And if you're leaving out one member of the Trinity or another, then you're missing the fullness of God that Paul desires these Ephesians to have. You don't have to be a Methodist. You don't have to be a Pentecostal. You don't have to be a Baptist. You don't have to be a Presbyterian. You don't have to have a method if you're a Methodist. You need the fullness of God. And you need to be able to call yourself a Christian. I met a woman in the parking lot several months ago and she was complaining because she couldn't park there during Sunday services. She says, well, I'm a Methodist. Hands on her hips. Well, congratulations. Are you a Christian? Are you a believer in the Lordship of Jesus Christ? Have you received the Holy Spirit? Have you received and understood? Have you experienced the love of Christ? Those are all the same questions that I'm asking us and I'm asking all of our listeners online. Have you experienced the fullness of God yet? Then you've got room to grow. We have room to grow, and that is a joy. Because with the growth comes maturity in faith, maturity in understanding, maturity in behaviors and habits. The habits of a Christian rather than a heathen. The habits of a lifestyle that pleases God. So I'm going to read verse 20 again. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. I'm asking you to do these things. And what, what more? Even, even the things that I think towards you. Can you do them? Do you have that hope that all of this can be accomplished? through a belief and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ as we follow in his steps, as we declare our faith in public, even as we believe in the resurrection of our Lord, the fullness of faith is still not yet ours. As long as we're as long as we're taking in air and taking up space on this earth, there's still room to grow in the Spirit, in the love of God, in our understanding, in our faith, in the inner man. Grow with us. Grow in the love of God. Comprehend to know by experience and to be filled with the fullness of God. That is our hope. And if anybody finally completes the task, then there's no more left to do. God will take us home. 
God will take us home. And home is where we want to be. There's still some growing to do for every believer. Heavenly Father, we ask that you bless this day and bless this message, this wonderful message of of hope and encouragement for the believers. The believers here in Ephesus, the believers here in the church, Lord, we thank you that you're always after us and prodding us to move forward and grow in the depth and love of your Son. Lord, as we learn more about him, we learn more about you through your Spirit. We ask that you bless our time. Bless our time this week. Help us to reach out and encourage others to do the same. The apostles were sent out to share the gospel. And they sent us out to do the same. So Lord, cause us to have the boldness of faith. To identify someone who might be struggling in their faith or struggling in their life. And to give them a word of encouragement about the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you and we praise you. All glory and honor and power, Lord, belongs to you. In your name we pray. Amen. From Psalm 67, verses 1 and 2. God be merciful to us and bless us and cause his face to shine upon us that thy way may be known upon earth, thy saving health among all nations. God bless you. Have a great week this week. We look forward to seeing some of you next Saturday for... Uh, work detail and to help uh, uh, bring down and set up tables for the uh, for the Christmas craft and and baked good sale the following week and as we prepare for Thanksgiving help us to remember all of the things that we have to be thankful for and help us to realize those are our riches the things that have been gifted to us. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. Thank you for listening to the Sunday Morning Bible Study at Whitestone Christian Fellowship, taught by Pastor Bob Lorenz. To access the list of teachings or to check the archives for Pastor Bob's weekly observations column, log on to whitestonecf.com. There you can also check the weekly schedule and any upcoming events. To contact us or to drop a note to Pastor Bob, you can email us at whitestonecf at gmail.com or call us at 585-924-8820. Whitestone Christian Fellowship is a non-denominational congregation. Every Sunday, Pastor Bob walks us through the Bible, teaching line upon line and verse by verse. And we're located in the village of Victor, a little southeast of Rochester, New York. And if you're in the area, we invite you to visit us. From upstate New York, Pastor Bob encourages all of us to immerse ourselves in the Word of God. Until next time, remember that Jesus is our victor. Stay close to Him.